my name is Shubhendu Sharma. I live in Bangalore and uh, I'm going to talk about the Miyawaki method of afforestation. So the picture which you see on your screen is a forest. Uh, a forest is a place so dense with trees that you can't even walk into it, irrespective of its size. The picture which you see is a 20 plus acres forest in Hyderabad. Or it can fit in a small space, as small as somebody's house's backyard, a garden. This picture is in Whitefield, Bangalore. Both of these forests are man-made. So the Miyawaki method of afforestation creates forest of native species packed together close to each other, so dense that you can't even walk into it. In 2009, Dr. Akira Miyawaki came to India and made his first forest in the factory where I used to work. And this is the picture of that particular project when it was two years old. But why making of these forests is so important to us? You see, most of the ancient civilizations of the world either evolved inside a forest or close to a forest. This picture is of Guatemala. Most of our ancient art, history, paintings, folklore, epics also are inspired by the forest and its trees. Let's learn about how forests naturally evolved. Before the earth was formed, the soil was formed, we had our planet completely filled up with rocks. And on these rocks, something special started to grow, lichens, which is a symbiosis between fungi and plants. Now these lichens grow on these rocks, slowly penetrating into them, converting this rock into powdered material. And this powdered material makes soil. In the soil, slowly, the grasses starts to grow. And when these grasses die, they become biomass for the soil. Thus, they make the soil thicker. And in this thick soil, shrubs can start to grow. The small shrubs that grow on the grass, they add more root systems. They make soil thicker. The leaves that fall from these shrubs add more and more layers to the soil and starts to form humus, which creates an environment where even the trees can start to grow. The first species of trees to appear on any particular patch of land naturally are called pioneer species. These are the trees that show up first, tightly forming a forest of pioneer species. Now, these trees, wood is soft and also flexible. They grow fast, but they don't have strength. So these trees of softwood, fast-growing trees create an ecosystem where the sunlight doesn't reach the ground. It's dense enough that you can't even walk into it. But eventually, these are not the trees which are going to continue regenerating on that particular patch of land. These trees will be taken over by slow-growing species which can grow under the shade of other light-loving trees. And these trees are usually much taller. They are more robust compared to the softwood light-loving trees. So a forest of these species is going to 
form a cluster which can be called together climax forest species and this particular forest can be called the climax forest of that particular place all these climax forest species are going to keep on regenerating again and again so if a tree dies its natural death number of seedlings will be waiting for that gap to open in the canopy they will grow and fill up that gap so it will appear from the outside as if the forest has become permanent it will keep on regenerating itself and that is why it's called the climax forest of any particular geography once established these forests are going to regenerate themselves probably till the next ice age even if these forests are destroyed because of any external factor maybe forest fires maybe human induced agriculture maybe clear cut of forests again these forests are going to regenerate themselves and again they will go through the same steps of grasses shrubs pioneer species and climax species but because the soil formation would have already happened this time instead of taking thousands of years it will happen within just 200 years this succession is known as secondary succession so in miyawaki method we basically skip some of the steps of secondary succession and create a dense natural forest just give me a one moment i'll show you an additional slide yeah so you can see my screen right so because of uh, the kind of industrial agriculture we practice the climax forests are being destroyed essentially because of the agricultural practices and i'm using particularly punjab for uh, giving you an example of uh, regeneration when the soil microbiology is destroyed after the farming when the fields are burned there are fewer and fewer chances of secondary succession to take place naturally so what we have to do is we have to create an environment where the step which occurs within 3 to 4 years doesn't get stopped so we do not have to remove the grass instead of that if we just wait for secondary succession to continue maybe in 100 150 years we will see a climax forest coming back dr akira miyawaki in his work has bypassed some of these steps and created an environment where you add top soil to a barren patch of land or you regenerate the top soil by adding microbes to it and skip the steps of secondary successions like moving towards grass move from grasses to pioneer species and directly plant climax forest species right on day 1 and within 20 to 30 years you will be able to see a forest which looks like a forest that would have occurred naturally in 200 years so miyawaki method in nutshell is a making of a quasi natural forest using the same natural succession steps 
and mimicking the secondary succession, which converts a barren patch of land into a forest. So this is a photo of Dr. Miyawaki's work done uh, back in 1974 in Yokohama University, Japan. I learned from him, started experimenting with my own house uh, where we made, it, made a small forest in just 700 square feet. And after three years, it started to look something like this. In 2011, we started a company and we have been making forests in different cities of the world in few of many uh, difficult geographies like Rajasthan or Iran. The basic difference between a regular tree plantation versus the forest made using Miyawaki method is that these forests are multi-layered. So we have a shrub layer, a subtree layer, tree layer, and canopy layer. And because of this multi-layered forest, we are able to fill up the entire vertical space with greenery. Thus, we have 30 times more green surface area when we compare these multi-layer forests to a garden or a monoculture. Because there is synergy of different species, the trees grows 10 times fast and the entire process is purely natural. We do not use any pest repellent or fertilizer. The, these forests are so biodiverse because the birds and small animals, they feel really safe because of density of these forests. So we have helped factories, farms, schools in Netherlands. Uh, and also uh, uh, we worked with the Hariji for this particular project in uh, uh, Telangana where uh, we have converted an old uh, field, agricultural field, which used to have chemical uh, agriculture practice on it, uh, now into a dense natural forest where we have peacocks, where uh, different types of birds and animals come and uh, stay together. This photo uh, is of a two-year-old uh, forest. So in apartment buildings, public spaces, this is a public park and this is a wasteland in Delhi next to a Nala. Also in Singapore Zoo, we made a small forest. And now we are working on making forests which not only betters the environment, but also becomes an experience for the people living close to these places. So we are creating these forests of well-being where we have an area for meditation, uh, where we have uh, places where we can sit and uh, walk and uh, jog inside the forest. So let's talk about how forests are made. The first step of making a forest is to go to a natural forest and learn from it. So the first step is to identify the potential natural vegetation of that particular place. Now, what is potential natural vegetation? If we deprive this piece of land from human intervention, what is the vegetation that is going to grow on that particular patch of land by itself. And these species are going to be the native species of that particular place. So this is in Kahana National Park where uh, one of my colleague is conducting a survey. And you can see how two, three different species are growing so close to each other in their natural setting. And some wise people of the ancient world, they declared some of our forests as sacred. So it wasn't allowed to pick anything from these forests, not allowed to cut uh, any wood from these forests. And these places became our uh, uh, hotspots for survey. So we go to uh, 
what you called devarai or devar kadu or ka in japanese it called shinji no mori a teacher doctor akira miyawaki when he started his forest surveys from shinji no moris in uh, japan so uh, this is in goa this photo is from goa so uh, when we go to a natural forest uh, which is declared as sacred grove we find the intact pool uh, of all the species this is in uh, batinda punjab where we are doing a project called the guru nanak sacred forest what we are doing is we are bringing back those forests and because uh the name of guru nanak dev ji is associated all these forests are being declared as uh, the new sacred groves uh which are 550 trees each to celebrate his 550th birth anniversary this year so these trees otherwise are nowhere to be seen in punjab apart from in these sacred groves this is a miswak uh, tree it's called pilu or jal so once we know our trees we divide them in four different layers shrub subtree tree and canopy and this is the main reason why our forests have 30 times more green surface area because we can utilize the entire vertical space and once we have done our survey we come back and we validate this information from the ancient text poetry wherever we find some evidence of those trees being written about in the history of that particular place and we can go back up to a few thousands of years so same species like eco ecology has not uh, changed much the natural ecology uh, in all all these uh, thousands of years so the moment we go back to our history we are able to retrieve all that information that's necessary to bring back these forests so we collect the seeds from the natural forest from the mother trees uh, we germinate seedlings out of them and then we convert our soil into soil as good and fertile as soil of a natural forest so in a natural forest you can dig the soil just by your hands we also uh, make our soil so soft that you can dig it with your hands we add uh, nutrition perforation material so that soil can become loose and roots can penetrate easily into it and water retention material so that soil can stay moist we dig the soil till depth of 1 meter and mix these materials in it and also we add microorganisms we reintroduce the lost microorganisms because the moment soil is exposed to sunlight these microbes they die and they move so slowly that naturally they coming back to your soil is 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 very difficult or very long time taking so what we do we make jeevamrit Uh, using dr subhash palekar's uh, methodology of making jeevamrit cow dung cow urine and soil from a natural forest jaggery a little bit of uh, desi ghee and in this brewed jeevamrit there is a high concentration of these microbes we dilute it add it to our soil life comes back in uh, in our soil we mix jeevamrit in all the materials that we are going to mix in our soil so this is one of such examples where we have learned from the sacred groove we have collected the seeds we have germinated the seedlings we have regenerated the soil and this is basically the start of a new sacred groove in punjab places and these are the places especially places like punjab rajasthan where replanting of these sacred groves is the most important uh, activity today so we once the soil is prepared we plant our seedlings at a high density of 3 to 5 seedlings per square meter we cover them with a thick 
we cover the soil with a thick layer of mulch so that when it rains or when we water all the water seeps through the mulch goes to the soil and it doesn't evaporate back into the atmosphere also because of this mulch the microbes are going to thrive under the mulch they will not get exposed to the ultraviolet rays of sunlight and they won't get sterilized in winters when it's uh, very cold the frost formation will happen only above the mulch so soil can still breathe while it would be freezing outside and within an year the roots of our trees are going to grow much deeper they are going to make a mesh which holds the soil tightly and this also means that the trees will be able to support each other they will be able to communicate with each other using the fungal networks that grows throughout uh, the root zone within an year the forest will become so dense that sunlight won't be able to reach the ground and this is the stage when all the leaves that fall they quickly decay and form humus and this humus is food for the forest so as the forest grows big more and more leaves fall on the ground means more humus is produced and in this produced humus will be all the nutrition all the moisture all the microbes which the forest needs for its growth so this is how the forest becomes self sustaining dr miyawaki says in a natural forest like this no management is the best management and this is the stage when we come out of the forest and declare it as a self sustaining natural forest so this is how we make a 100 year old forest in just 10 years thank you very much thank you thank you thank you shubhendu that was very nice uh, um yeah uh, shubhendu worked for us uh, in creating that large forest in hyderabad that he was mentioning uh, earlier uh, i heard shubhendu talk in uh, in the tedx um, what 6 7 years back when was your first i am sure you have done so many tedx talks now um so then i was fascinated with uh, what he was doing and then i reached out to him uh till the time he didn't uh, do the uh, the scale at which uh, uh, i had requested him to do um so then uh, we probably about four year five years now so we are very happy with the kind of work that uh, he has done um i jokingly say that uh, if you volunteer for indica academy you will become carbon neutral for life so any of you who want to volunteer and want to become carbon neutral please volunteer for indic academy and uh, you'll be carbon neutral we also wanted if you remember the first flyer that we did for the conference we wanted to wanted to launch uh, uh, shubhendu you remember that uh, 10 by 10 um, uh, spaces that we left yes. in between the forest yes. the 17 spaces that we left that uh, so we, in the, in this forest we left spaces for uh, creating a uh, environmental uh, land land and environmental sculpture park and basically bring out indigenous uh, thought in an artistic form so that and 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 the launch of that park was supposed to be the launch of this conference but that didn't happen but eventually the idea is that all these ideas that we are seeing um we should also represent it in a in an artistic form and that's one of the uh, uses that that uh, sculpture park will be used uh, any questions uh, uh, for shubhendu please uh, reach out
meanwhile i also would like to mention if you ever visit hyderabad and uh, hari this is an invite on your behalf because i feel and consider it as my forest as well please do visit uh, forest which we have made in shankarpalli uh, it's it's a beautiful place and you will feel like you have come to a natural forest in fact it's much denser and the diversity is much higher than that you will see in any south indian uh, natural forest and it's really a great opportunity it was really a great opportunity for us to uh, make such a large forest at such a scale that not many projects in the world uh, afforestation projects have the scale like that and have the expanse like that so you can practically get lost in that forest without realizing that you are not just 30 kilometers away from the city yeah there's a question for you so uh, with respect uh, to meyawaki forest do you study the companion plants and plant accordingly in the forest or is it just a group planting of all native plants in that region so in some of our surveys we have seen the companionship and when we see a repeated companionship that time we consider uh, the companionship and plant these trees close to each other so uh, we have seen like in central india uh, there is a tree called uh, uh, saja and tendu and uh, palash i think these three trees they keep on repeating uh, this this small cluster it keeps on uh, repeating itself throughout the forest so after seeing some such repetitions we uh, can consider them as growing into a uh, good companionship and we respect that so purposely we would plant them close to each other but at the same time our plantation is dense enough that if such companionship exists in its natural uh, form within 10 to 15 years naturally these trees are going to reappear in pairs because there is enough opportunity for them to spread close to each other there will be enough opportunities for seeding to happen or uh, cross pollination to happen so as of now only in two or three uh, projects we have done a purposeful companionship otherwise we just plant uh dense to each other assuming that trees are going to support each other uh, eventually any other questions where is the forest in goa that you have done so we went to goa for the survey of the forest but the site was in maharashtra the closest to that particular area was the forest in goa there is a question about delhi so delhi we have forest uh, if you google sundial close to itu just next to sundial is our forest and on google maps it's uh, written as urban forest park by a forest it's a public place so anybody can go and visit there and right now we are executing a project uh, for the cag of india which is also at uh, itu so just opposite the itu metro station we have uh, the cag building and we have one and a half acre of uh, site uh, in heart of the city that's a beautiful project with a sculpture uh, in the center but that's not open for uh, people right now there's one more question where would you get the native plants to start a meyawaki forest in a new place 
So uh, this is the biggest challenge which we faced 10 years ago when we started. And today also at most of the new geographies, we face this challenge. However, we have three very authentic nurseries. One is in Rajasthan, which we ourselves uh, started. It's, the project is called Maru One, M-A-R-U-V-A-N. Uh, second is uh, a nursery owned by government of uh, Gujarat uh, in uh, Badodra. And in central India, we have a nursery close to Kahana National Park, which is our biggest uh, supply uh, supplier right now, owned by, uh, uh, his name is uh, Purushottam Singh Parihar. And just yesterday, we have uploaded a video of his uh, nursery on our YouTube channel with his phone number. So if anywhere in Telangana, Andhra, Madhya Pradesh, uh, Maharashtra, Chhattisgarh, you are planning to make a forest, he would have around 80 different indigenous species uh, of central India. So you can get in touch with uh, Tamji and uh, source your seedlings from there. Yeah, I think that's about it. Thank you, Shubhendu. Thank you, Hari. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thank you, everyone.